Hello everyone and welcome to the One Man Renegade Podcast. This is chapter 27, aka Movie Ranks of 2016 Part 4. I'm your host, the Honorable Greg B. And yeah, we're getting at it. We're at, we're at part four now. We're going 20 to 11 in this episode for the movies of 2016. Me ranking them in order, all 50 that I saw. If you missed the first three parts, go back now and listen to them right now. Uh, you just hit the back button or hit the stop button and go back and then, you know, listen to those ones and then you get up to here. All right, so we're moving along pretty good we're getting the top 20 now so you know these are these these when they start getting interesting i guess because you know uh, a lot of these movies um highly thought of highly ranked this year you know that we're getting the top 20 now granted i didn't see all the movies so there definitely are some movies that probably were going to be high ranked in other people's lists that aren't in mine because i didn't see them but you know i'm just gotta go with it. i gotta work with what i got i only saw 50 movies i can't see them all um, so there we go. Um, I mean, arguably, maybe there's ones I didn't see that I should have seen over the ones I did see, but hey, you know, it is what it is. Okay. I gotta be me. All right. So let's move on. We got at number 20. Um, and this one is a universal film. It came out, uh, June 3rd, uh, made $4 million opening weekend, 9.4 overall, uh, 77% on Rotten Tomatoes, 68 Metacritic 6.7 on IMDb. It got a B in CineScore, and I did not see it in theaters. And this movie is pop star, never stop, never stopping. Um, Andy Samberg and the Lonely Island Boys, uh, uh, you know, uh, do their take on Justin Bieber-ish character, basically. Um, so he's this character that was in like a Beastie Boys type group, then he goes solo and everything kind of goes crazy, and he gets really popular, but then everyone, everything crashes back down, and then eventually, you know, what, you know, he's trying to get a reunion going, or whatever. Uh, and there's this kind of, like, um, reality show, I guess, is what it is, sort of, I don't, I don't know. It's funny, it's definitely funny, it definitely, you know, <laughs> it definitely, um, you know, makes fun of you know, I mean, it's not so, it's Justin Bieber-ish character, you know, not necessarily Justin Bieber, but his, Andy Sandberg plays the character along those lines of a pop star and just kind of all the craziness that happens and goes along with that. Um, it's definitely funny, you know, if you like Lonely Island stuff, you're definitely gonna like this. The music's pretty good in it. Um, uh, you know, I mean, obviously, if you're familiar with Lonely Island at all, you know their their songs they've done for, uh, you know SNL and um, in the past and stuff. So yeah, so definitely go check it out if you get a chance to. It's definitely a funny movie. It's you know not very long. It's a very short movie if I remember correctly, um, and it's got a lot of funny moments. It's not as good as Hot Rod. I will say that Hot Rod was hilarious, but um, it's definitely worth checking out if you happen to see it on uh, Stars or. HBO or whatever, um, yeah, so, there we go, and it's definitely, you know, as far as comedy goes, it was one of my top comedies of the year, um, I guess I didn't really see a ton of comedies, I don't know, but, alright, let's move along, um, coming in at number 19, another horror movie, uh, I guess I saw plenty of horror movies this year, though, 
Um, this one is another Universal film. It came out uh, October 21st, just in time for Halloween. Uh, it made $14 million opening weekend, $35 million overall. It uh, is 82% Rotten Tomatoes, 65 Metacritic, 6.2 IMDb. It got a C, and I did not on uh, no, Cinescore, and I did not see it in theaters. And it is Ouija or Origins of Evil. Um, so this is a prequel to the Ouija movie that came out a couple years ago, which I wasn't a huge fan of the original, but this one was a lot better. Um, you know, it, it, it's, um, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of along the lines of, I wouldn't say an insidious necessarily, but similar to that, I guess, um, um, you know, the, the story basically is this, this woman who's the waitress from Mad Men, if you know what I'm talking about from the last season, the waitress that Don Draper, uh, you know, has a relationship with, um, and, uh, she's got a daughter, two daughters, two daughters, yeah, two daughters, um, and she's like a psychic or something along those lines. And she gets, you know, charges people to come in and they you pay her and she does a whole crystal ball type of thing and spooky and tells her futures or whatever. Makes stuff up, basically. But then, um, they get a Ouija board and then stuff goes crazy and there's this side story, the, 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 the dad's dead and then all this crazy stuff happens with the, the youngest daughter and... Things go nuts and haywire in the house and all sorts of stuff. And apparently, there's this there was this weird like chamber or something in the basement. It's pretty good, you know. It's it's kind of scary. It's got a creepy little kid in it, so that's that's uh, usually uh, a very uh, <laughs> that's a, it's a very well used uh, thing in horror movies is creepy little kids, you know. Um, so yeah, just go check it out. Uh, you know, it came out right in time for Halloween, so I don't know. It didn't do amazing, but I thought it was pretty good. Uh, especially a lot better than the first one. Um, and as horror movies goes, it was definitely in the top of the horror movies this year. Um, not the top horror movie, though. A little spoiler alert there. Um, but yeah, so... I, I'm not, I'm not going to say go out and see it right away. Wait, maybe wait for next Halloween and check it out. Um... But if you happen to come across it and looking for something to watch, it's definitely better than the last one. That's what I will say. All right. Uh, moving along. Coming in at number 18, uh, we got another Universal film. Um, uh, this one came out Ju- July 29th. Uh, it made $59 million opening weekend, 162 overall, uh, 56% um, Rotten Tomato, 58 Metacritic, 6.7 on the IMDb. It got an A minus the CineScore, and I did see this one in theaters. I went opening weekend. Um, it's uh, Jason Bourne, the return of Matt Damon to the Bourne series. So, if you're not familiar with the Jason Bourne series, there was Bourne, uh, there's the Bourne Legacy, the Bourne Supremacy, and the Bourne Ultimatum. Those were based off of the Bourne books. Um, but then they kind of continued them, even though the guy that wrote them is dead, I believe, if I remember correctly, but like other people continued writing. So then the board did the Born Legacy, which would Jeremy Renner because Matt Damon didn't want to do it anymore. He's like, ah, we did the three. I'm done. I'm 
I'm, I'm okay. I'm done. But then he decided to come back for Jason Bourne. Um, here's the thing. If you like Jason Bourne movies, you're going to like this. If you don't like Jason Bourne movies, this isn't going to change your opinion. It's basically the same similar movie to all the other ones before it. So it doesn't really do anything new. Um, you know, you got Julia Stiles back in there. Um, the bad guy, I guess, is, if you want to put it that way, is... Um, or the bad guy that's... Yeah, I guess, yeah, he's the bad guy. Tommy Lee Jones is in it. Um, he's he's pretty good in it. I mean, he's Tommy Lee Jones. He, does, he doesn't really do anything <laughs> out of the ordinary for Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, uh, he's no two-face in this, I guess, is my point. Um uh, but yeah, so, I mean, you know, it wasn't the best Bourne movie. It wasn't the worst Bourne movie, I don't think. I don't know, it might have been. Now that I think about it. Well, I'm not counting the Jeremy Renner one. The Jeremy Renner one's like a totally different thing. But yeah, it's, it's a Bourne movie. It was entertaining, it was fun, you know, for what it is and what you would expect. And there you go. I mean, if you're into Bourne movies, check it out. If you're not, I would say pass. Or go watch the original ones and maybe, I mean, you know, it's a sequel, so you don't, I don't think you'd want to start with this one. Um, but at the same time, I don't know if it matters that much. But yeah, so Jason Bourne's back. I don't know if they're going to do another one. This might have been one in, a one back and done. Um, but who knows? I mean, it's definitely a character that could continue on forever unless he dies, which, you know, even if he does. Does it matter? I mean, how many times did Jack Bauer die in 24 and he kept coming back? Speaking of which, 24 Legacy is... Speaking of legacies of those type of guys, um, or those type of... Or whatever, that type of thing. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm enjoying the new uh, 24, but that's that's not for this. This is That's a whole, that's a whole separate podcast that I could probably do that... Um, which I probably will talk about that at some point. I kind of I didn't talk about that last week, or maybe I did briefly. I don't know. But uh, after watching a few more episodes, um, not loving it. Not loving it. Um, it's not keeping my attention too much. A lot of that's because there's no Jack Bauer, and supposedly Tony Almeida is supposed to be in it, but I haven't seen him yet, unless I missed something or just wasn't paying attention. But where's Tony? Where's Tony Almeida? He's the only connection that I can I know there is of the um, original series and this new show. Alright, let's move along. Yeah, so Jason Bourne was number 18. Moving on to number 17. Um, this was a Warner Brothers film, again, another Warner Brothers film. This is kind of a this is kind of a period piece, I guess. I don't I guess we would call it. I don't even know if that's the right word to use. Um but it was based in the 70s, I believe. Um, and this was, uh, let's see, it came out on May 20th. It did $11 million opening weekend, 36 overall, 92 in the uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 70, Metacritic, 7.4, IMDb, B-, and the Cinescore, and I did not see it in theaters. And it is The Nice Guys, starring Russell Crowe and um, Ryan Gosling. Um... It, it was it was good. It was good. I, you know, I I'd heard a lot of things about it going into it, and I'd seen the previews and, and the trailers and everything. And I I I was expecting it to be better. Um, it's a cop buddy movie 
type of detective-ish thingy, you know. I mean, I guess they're not detectives. I guess they're, like, private eyes, I, I think. Um, you know, the, the story's a little... A little all over the place. Um, you know, I guess that was probably my biggest issue with it. Was the storyline was a little wacky. Um, yeah, yeah. There's like this thing with this the kid, this kid or something. I, yeah, it, it's a little weird. Um, uh, and uh, you know, I mean, Ryan, Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe are pretty good in it. They're, you know, Ryan Ryan Gosling plays kind of the wacky guy and, and Russell Crowe is more the straight man um which is kind of par for the chorus um yeah I don't know it's very it's very 70s uh throwbackish I guess I guess it's 70s yeah, it's, I, don't, I think it's 70s pretty sure maybe early 80s I don't know. whatever um but yeah I don't know it, it was a, it was a good movie but not a great movie I was expecting better uh, I mean obviously the critics liked it but um you know, I don't know if that was just because of who was in it more so than the actual movie itself. I don't know, but um, yeah, it was fun, fun movie. Go, you check it out. Good chance if you're into that sort of thing. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I like I said, I didn't love it, but it was definitely good. So it's really all I have to say about that. Um, all right, moving on. Um, to, uh, number, what are we at? Number 16. Uh, this movie is getting a lot of Oscar buzz. I'm just going to say right there. Summit Entertainment, which is the Lionsgate affiliate, I think. Um, it came out on, uh, December 9th, limited release December 9th. So it only did 600, no, it only did 881,000 opening weekend it was in limited release um it's 93 on uh, rotten tomatoes 93 on metacritic 8.5 on imdb um it was a limited, limited release so cinescore didn't give it a score i'd not see it in theater excuse me um and uh it also stars ryan gosling and emma stone again for the third or fourth or fifth time i can't keep track anymore la la land um and you might be saying, wow, you're number 16 for La La Land. Everyone's saying that's the best movie of the year. And it's getting a lot of Oscar buzz and blah, blah, blah. And it's might probably going to win. And Emma Stone's really good. And Ryan Gosling's really good. Blah, blah, blah. You know, and I'm not going to say they aren't and, it's, it, and it, they weren't. And it's not that it's not a good movie. It's just I almost didn't see it because I didn't think I was going to enjoy it because it's not it's not a movie that you know appeals to me per se um you know it's it's, it's a musical ish it, but but with that said it wasn't as musically ish music as a musical as much as I thought it was going to be and especially given the opening scene which is a bunch of people singing and dancing on a highway you know, spoiler alert, I guess, uh, not to ruin to anyone, but so I was like, oh, wow, is this going to be the whole movie like this? But it really wasn't. I mean, a lot of it was, and it has a lot of, deals with a lot of jazz um, stuff, and there is a lot of singing and dancing to some degree on it. Um, so that's why it's not higher on my list, but that's more of just my opinion, my personal opinion on 
that type of movie. It's just not my thing. So, you know, it's kind of hard for me to criticize a movie like that when everyone else seems to really like it. But it's just not my, it's not my bag, baby. Um, it, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I mean, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling are both really good in it. Um, in terms of just the acting and stuff. The singing, mm, debatable. Uh, but, but uh, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's not a bad movie. It's, it's number 16. It's not like I threw it way down the list just because, you know, I'm not into musical or whatever. Um, but, yeah, again, like I said, Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone, maybe they should take a break from doing movies together for a while. This is, you know, that's a lot. It's a lot. This is three, third, 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 yeah, third movie that I've seen that they're in, and there might be more. I don't even know. Because they were in, um, obviously, Crazy Stupid Love together. And then they were in Gangster Squad together. And it was kind of like the same movie. Well, not the same movie, but it's kind of like the, it was kind of like the same dynamic between them. And similar to this, it was like, alright, they're, they're kind of the same characters, but like in different settings. And it's, it's a little weird. And just, alright, alright, come on. Alright, work with someone else next time. Come on, come on. Show your range. Let's go. Similar to Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence, you guys, right? You guys are done. No, 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 no more, no more of this. Do something else. Work with someone else. And speaking of Jennifer Lawrence, uh, we're moving on to number fifteen. Um, this is a Fox movie. Is that the first time I've said Fox all year or all all list? Did Fox not do a lot of movies this year? I don't know. Did I, that? It might be. This is the only Fox movie that's on my list. No, it's not. It is not. Definitely not. I guess. And I should have known that based off of what this movie is. But anyways, all right, this movie came out um, um, May 27th, so Memorial Day weekend. Um, it did 65.7 opening weekend, 155 overall, uh, 48% on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 52 uh, Metacritic, 7.1 IMDb. Got an A minus, and I did see it in theaters, and that is X Men Apocalypse. And yes, Jennifer Lawrence is in X Men Apocalypse. Um, it's not my favorite X Men movie, but it's not my least favorite X Men movie. My least favorite X Men movie would definitely be X uh, X Men Three: The Last Stand, or whatever it's called. That movie was garbage. Um, my favorite X Men movie was probably X Two: United. That was a really good movie. Which made X three even more disappointing, because X Men the original X Men was fine, it was good, it was what it was. And the second one was so much better, and then the third one was garbage, and then First Class was I really like First Class. Days of Future's Past was pretty good. Um, the Wolverine Origins movie was garbage, but the next movie, The Wolverine, I thought was good, and X Men Apocalypse, it was good. I liked it. I mean, it's number 15 on my list, but in terms of just comparing it with other X-Men movies, that's where it would kind of fall somewhere in the middle, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the Apocalypse character in and of itself is a little, it's a little tough to deal with because similar, I had the similar issue with Suicide Squad, but I, a little bit more, I'm definitely more okay with it with this because the X-Men are at least established group of superhero mutants at this point. Um, so Apocalypse trying to destroy the world. Okay, I get it. They're, they're going to be the ones trying to stop him. 
makes sense. Problem I have with this movie is that, and it's similar to Suicide Squad, is that okay? They have this un- invincible, destructive, like, um, um, you know, uh, the villain that's going to destroy everything, and then it's like, oh, the you know, oh, the you know, the good guys are, or whatever, the heroes of the movie are, you know, are, she's supposed to stop them, but they don't know how. It's like they're they're at their wit's end, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh wait. We have this other really strong, destructible person that can probably beat that other strong, destructible person. And it's like, oh, wait, why didn't they just do it to be with? It's like, what? Oh, it took you that long? It's like, yeah, she, she can also destroy everyone. It's like, oh, okay, fine, let's use Phoenix. Yeah, she can destroy everyone. Screw, screw you, Apocalypse. It's like, what? No. It's like, wh- why? Like, it, it's just, it's just like, it's too over the top. There's too much. It's just too much. It's like, how many times can you destroy the world? How many times can you have a villain that can say that you destroy a world, but just to find, oh, wait, we have a we have a hero that can also can stop you. It's like, I don't know. That, that was my issue. I'm sorry, that's a lot of spoilers probably in that, but if you're familiar at all with the story, you probably know that anyways. But regardless of all that, it's, it's a solid X-Men movie. It's not the best. It's not the worst. But it's a fun movie, so if you get a chance to... Uh, check it out. Um, I'm sure it's going to be on HBO or Stars or something, along with all the other X-Men movies. You know, go watch all the X-Men movies. You know, they're all fun. Except for maybe X-Men's Origins. Wolverine, and I'd say X-3 is p- pretty bad, too. I don't know. Whatever. I'm, pro- I'm not trying to sell you guys on the X-Men movie, but if, if, if you do if you do want to check this out, it's, it's, it's pretty good. It's not great, but it's good. All right. Moving along, um, so we're up to number fourteen, uh, and this was a broad green production. Was somehow associated with Amazon. I'm pretty sure. Um, it uh, came out on uh, July thirteenth. Uh, it uh, made four point uh, five point three million dollars opening weekend, fifteen point seven overall, sixty nine on um, Rotten Tomatoes, sixty six uh, Metacritic, seven point one. IMDb, A-, and I did not see it in the theaters, and it is called The Infiltrator. And again, it's another movie based off a true story. Um, This is Brian Cranston. He's basically playing this spy infiltrator type of guy that is trying to take down the drug cartel, um, Pablo Escobar um, type of thing. Well, not type of thing, actual thing. it's a fun movie, yeah. The opening scene is pretty cool. They have this whole thing with like he's uh, he's mixed up with this he's with this group of of um you know uh, he's with this guy and then all this, he's wearing a wire and then the wire starts to something malfunctions with the wire. It's it's pretty funny. It's well, I don't know if it's funny, but it's kind of funny. It's weird. It's interesting. It's one. It's one of those things where it's like, whoa, what, did this really happen? I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that was fabricated for the film, but uh, interesting. So you got Brian Cranston, you got John Leguizamo, um, uh, the guy from. He was in Doctor Strange, which I'm, which. Uh, what's his name? I forget. There's not the. He's like the main. I don't know. He's not the main bad guy, but I don't know. Whatever. I can't remember his name. Richard Boy. No, that's the other guy. Um, Richard. Is it Richard? I forget. I don't know. Whatever. Um, yeah, it's a fun. It's an interesting movie. 
Um, I'd say check it out. I think it's on Amazon Prime. So if you have Amazon Prime, check it out. So yeah, it's based off a true story. So although they do fabricate some stuff, and they actually say that they fabricated some of the stuff. Well, actually, I don't know if those extras I saw. I was watching something, and it's, they were kind of explaining how one of the scenes they did wasn't exactly how it went down uh, because it didn't really work for the movie, I guess. So they kind of changed things up a bit to make it more theatrical, which is, again, like I was talking about with his other movies, seems a bit... It, it's it's a bit confusing as to what's real and what's not real for these movies based on true stories or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's a fun little movie, and you get a little history lesson to some degree about, you know, the drug infiltrators and drugs and and people doing working together that aren't together i guess that's another another um aspect of this um he's got a fake wife and and stuff um yeah so anyways uh yeah go check it out infiltrator on amazon prime check it out right now and if you and while you're on amazon prime checking out the infiltrator with brian cranston you might want to check out sneaky pete too um tv show it's got brian cranston in it he is um heavily involved in it uh, good show good show um but anyways that's past the point here um that is a tv show i didn't do tv shows which at some point probably should do tv show countdown but it's so hard to do those because like well how are you supposed to do it movies it's easy you got the year the movie came out that year it's on the list whereas with tv shows they have seasons and certain some seasons cross over different years so it's like well, when do you When's the cutoff point? I know the Emmys has a certain certain cutoff point where they, you're from one side one time to another time, but that's that's harder to judge, I guess, or not judge, but hard, it's harder to determine when the cutoff point is. I guess you just go by the Emmys. So maybe yeah, maybe sometime this summer I'll do my favorite shows of the year um, based off of 2016 2017 year, I guess. Um, all right, moving along, um, we're at, uh, what are we at, number 13. Oh, I did this. Oh, okay. I forgot to reorder my numbers here. I kind of changed stuff up, and I didn't re-rank it. All right, uh, so number 13 is um, a Warner, another Warner Brothers film. Yeah, Warner Brothers was all over the place today this year. Um, this movie came out on August 19th. Um, it made $14.6 million opening weekend, uh, $43 million overall, 60% on Rotten Tomato, 57 on IMDb, uh, Metacritic, 7.1 on IMDb, and it did a B on uh, Cinescore. It did not see it in theaters. Um, it starred um, Miles Teller and Jonah Hill. And again, another movie based off of a true story. Um, War Dogs. Um, so basically, Miles Teller's this kind of out, down and out guy who uh, is kind of going going nowhere in his career or whatever. And uh, he, Jonah Hill, was a guy he went to high school with, and he meets up with him, and he's doing really great. And it turns out he's selling, um, he's an arms dealer selling uh, weapons to the U.S. military or to varying different people or whatever all legal totally legal but then they get this huge contract with the military um 
if for some war, I, find, I, guess, I don't know if it's Iraq or I guess it was Iraq. Yeah, because yeah, because it must have been Iraq, um, or Iran or something. I don't know. Um, I forget all the all the little details. But basically, they go in and they try to get this contract, and then they get it, but they're way over their heads. And then they try to get all these deals together to try to make it happen. It's a comedy to some degree. It's definitely funny. It's got Jonah Hill in it. There's a lot of com- comedy bits in it, but it's which is kind of weird. And it's Todd Phillips who directed this, so you know him from the Hangover movies and old school and stuff. So he's obviously um, you know got comedic touch to it. And it's obviously got Jonah Hill. Bradley Cooper's in it briefly. Uh, you know, Miles Teller, he's been in stuff. He's not necessarily a comedic actor, but he, he, he does okay. Um, and basically, yeah, so it's a true story, and basically everything goes to shit um, at some point. Uh, what's his name? Is uh, Robert? Uh, no. Uh, uh, why am I blanking his name? Uh, uh, Pollock. Whatever his first name is, Pollock, he's in it. Why am I blanking on his name? Yeah, he's in it. <laughs> it's 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 yeah. I liked it. It was a good movie. I was a little I was a little surprised by it because I definitely had heard it. You know, when it came out, I was like, eh, I don't know about that one. Um, but yeah, I I found it to be entertaining. I mean, Todd Phillips, I've enjoyed a lot of his movies that he's done over the years. So um, old school two never happened, but you know, uh, they did plenty of hangover movies. Well, hangover. Well, I already talked about the Hangover movies <laughs> earlier, but yes, Todd Phillips. But directing this type of movie was a little interesting for him. But yeah, but again, like I said before, based off a true story, so who knows what of it actually happened in how they said it happened. Obviously, you know, they give you the details on what happened to the people that were in the movie, but how much of that movie is accurate? I don't know. Um, all right, moving along. Um we're getting, we're getting, we're getting close. We're getting close. We're almost at the top ten. We got, we have two more to go for this episode, and then we're at the top ten. And that, then, uh, you know, it's gonna be a fun, fun top ten. I think, uh, especially if everyone else participates, um, should be fun. Um, all right, so we're at number twelve. Um, this is another Warner Brothers movie. How about that? Um, this one came out June seventeenth. It made $35 million opening weekend, 127 overall, 69% on Rotten Tomatoes, so it automatically wins, um, 52 Metacritic, 6.4 on the IMDb, it got an A-, uh, and I did not see it in theaters, and it is Central Intelligence with um, Kevin Hart and The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Now, here's another one of these interesting situations where you know, this movie came out and was in theaters, and I'm pretty sure it was rated PG-13 in the theaters, but I saw the DVD, unrated DVD version, which was obviously an R, would have been R-rated had it been in the theaters, so it's it's kind of weird to compare it based off of that. Uh, with that said, I think it was still a very funny movie. Um, the Rock's pretty funny. I mean, Kevin Hart is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I like, I enjoy him some stuff, some stuff he's kind of annoying um but yeah in this movie he was good um the rock was good jason bateman killed it in this movie um yeah it was a funny movie you know it's an interesting you know it's you know an action comedy um but action buddy comedy which you know 
it's a lot of stuff going on for that to happen, but, um, yeah. So basically what happens is The Rock was this fat loser kid in high school. Kevin Hart was somehow like the best football player. Yeah, that, 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 that part was a little not believable to me. Kevin Hart's like 5'2". So <laughs> for him to be believable as the best football player in the school and blah, 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 it was a little, little far-fetched. Um, but, uh, yeah, so anyways, he kind of helped him out and was friends with him in high school a little bit. And then, so he comes back, um, at his reunion, I believe. He meets him up on his reunion. And then he, there's this whole thing goes down and he pretends like he's best friends with him, even though, like, he hasn't seen him since high school. And it turns out he's a CIA agent and a whole bunch of stuff goes crazy. And it's, yeah, I don't know. It's a fun movie. Go check it out. Um, it's on, I think it's on Stars or HBO now. Um, pretty funny. Um, I enjoyed it. The Rock's hilarious. Um, when he can, well, he can be hilarious. He's usually pretty hilarious. Um, uh, and he's still at the same time as doing his action thing too. So, you know, there you go. All right. So moving on, we're at number 11. One off. Didn't quite make the top 10. And this one, it was close. It was close. And I know a lot of people did not like this movie, but I did. And well, let's just get into it. So this movie came out March 25th. Um, it, uh, made $166 million opening weekend and, uh, did, uh, 330 overall, 27% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. 44 Metacritics. Yeah. See, they didn't, the critics didn't like it. 6.7 on IMDb. So the, the fans liked it a little more, more so. Um, but it got a B. Cinecritic. That's oh, not Cinecritic. No. Cinescore. Uh, I did see it in theaters. Um, it is Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice, another Warner Brothers film, by the way. Um, so this movie wasn't great. At least the theatrical version wasn't. So theatrically, so I, I kind of had to make a de- executive decision on this somewhat because. It, I saw the theater version. I saw it in theaters and saw the theatrical version. But then I also saw the extended Blu-ray version. And so I didn't really know how to quite do that because the theatrical version, yeah, had a lot of plot holes. Even though it was a two and a half hour movie, it just, there was a lot of stuff missing in it. It was confusing. It, you know, it was, there was a lot of, it was like, wait, what, how did that happen? Who did, who did why did, why is it, why is he doing this? Blah, blah, blah. The Senate version, which was close to three hours, I believe, or maybe even over three hours, I don't know, basically three hours, definitely filled in a lot of those gaps. So made it overall definitely a better movie. Um, so, but I had to kind of do the medium of those because I didn't know quite how to do that because obviously most of the people that went to the theaters and see this have seen the and most people have probably seen it. I've seen just the theatrical version, whereas, you know, only a few people that would probably have seen, or no, shouldn't say a few people, probably a lot of people, but a fewer people have definitely seen the extended version. Um, so it was kind of hard to um, just 
you know, I don't know, kind of give it a rank. Because if I was just going based off of the Blu-ray version, the extended version, I'd probably put it in the top 10. But if I'm just going on the theatrical version, it'd probably be lower, like 17, 18, something like that. I did like the movie. There was a lot of stuff going on in it that was probably rushed a little bit and maybe confusing. A lot of people have issues with this, how dark it was. And yes, I get that. And I guess the problem with that is it is a Superman movie. And Superman, generally speaking, is a lot lighter, lighter toned than Batman. But it was also a Batman movie. So it kind of fit the Batman, more the Batman style than Superman, say. And then you throw Wonder Woman in there, and there's Lex Luthor, but it's not really Lex Luthor, but it's Lex Luthor Jr. I guess that was a big issue, too, a lot of people had was the Lex Luthor character, which I could tell. I could see. He seemed more of a Riddler kind of vibe, but he's not Lex Luthor. He was Lex Luthor Jr., which is also confusing. There's this whole backstory with Batman, which you're supposed to know, but, you know, in this in this interim of Batman, he's already established as a older you know, um, older character and, you know, Robin's dead. Not a spoiler alert, but the Joker supposedly killed Robin and there's hints to that. So that had already happened. And that's Jason Todd, not even Dick Grayson. But the, this is stuff you're not, they don't tell you. You're just, you're just deciphering this on your own. They're setting a lot up for Justice League, which you you just, it's kind of confusing unless you know what's going on. Um, you know, then they throw in Doomsday on top of all that. So, yeah, there was a lot going on. And then it comes down to Martha. Yeah. That, a lot of people had issue with that. And I, I definitely, I definitely can see how that would be a problem. You know, uh, oh, Batman or Superman. Oh, we're going to fight each other. Oh, Batman's going to kill Superman with the kryptonite. Oh, Mar- save Martha. Wait, who's Martha? Martha was my mother. Martha's my mother. Yeah, Martha. Martha saved the day, I guess, sort of. Um, yeah, I can see. I can see how a lot of people had issues with that. And yeah, it wasn't the greatest plot point ever. Um, and as far as Batman movies go, and yes, it's Batman versus Superman. I get that. So it's also a Superman movie. It's not the best. It's not the worst. Similar to X-Men Apocalypse. Is it pretty high on my list for 11 yeah but you know what i like batman and i like superman and there you go and i like comic book movies and superhero movies and so yeah this is my list in my opinions and and while it could have been a lot better movie it could be in my top 10 uh i i liked it and it's number 11 as a kind of a combination of the theatrical version and the standard version so there you go and that's 11. And now we're going to move on to the top 10 next episode tomorrow. And it's going to be an epic episode because I got some friends that are joining me and they're going to have their top 10s and it's going to be great. And we're going to have differing opinions. And I know there's probably some movies that I've already seen that are on my list that were probably farther down on my list than most people might have thought should have been, especially the people I'm going to be doing the list with because I'm guessing some of these movies that I already mentioned are going to be in their top 10. And, um, yeah, so it should be interesting to see where it all folds, unfolds and how it works. I mean, you can probably tell based off of some of the movies I haven't mentioned yet, and I've sort of hinted at that they're going to be in my top ten. Um, but you maybe maybe not. 
You don't know what I've seen. Maybe I haven't seen what movies you've seen and think maybe you're going to be in the top ten. Which could be another issue, too, because I feel like, you know, some of the movies that might be in these top tens of my friends are movies I maybe haven't seen. So I wouldn't know where to place them. But, you know, like I said, I saw 50 movies. I can't see them all, so we're not all going to see all the same movies. So this is just got to go with what you have. So, all right, thanks for listening. Um, If you missed the first parts and listened to this one for some reason, go back and listen to the other ones. You can do that at razorbader.blogspot.com. You can also uh, subscribe on iTunes. Just do it. Subscribe. And it will just already be there. Tomorrow's episode, the big one, will already be in your queue. Um, you also hit me up on Twitter at RazorVader. You can subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. I forgot to say that. Um, and uh, give me a rank. Five stars. Do it. Five stars. Leave me a review. Maybe give me your list. Tell me what you think of my list. Also, hit me up on Twitter and let me know that and all that fun stuff. Thanks. So, hey, that's going to do it for today's episode, and we'll see you tomorrow, hopefully, if all goes according to plan. Thanks for listening. See ya.